Blog Talk Radio. Survival Radio, 10th day of March 2019, broadcasting today from North Central, West Virginia. We will continue today in the book of Ephesians, beginning around verse 15, but before we do, let's go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord, asking you, Lord, to do what needs to be done. As we expound your word, you said it won't come back void, but it'll do that which you sent it to do. We ask you to bless it. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. Last time, verses 12 through 14, we talked about the Holy Ghost, how it protects the church, guides the church, leads the church in all truth and all wisdom. Today we're going to talk about a prayer that Paul prayed, an intercession for this church at Ephesus. Now, we remember that the church at Ephesus was the first church that Jesus wrote a letter to in the book of Revelation. They, they had a lot of good things for them, but there was a lot of, there, there, there was one thing he had against them, and that was because they had uh, left their first love. I'd like to go there real quick and just read what he wrote. Just bear with me once, one second here, what he wrote to the church at Ephesus. He said in Revelation 2, verse 1, And to the angel, or the pastor, of the church of where Ephesus, write these things, saith he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and Thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. And as bore, and as patience, and for my name's sake, have labored and not, and have not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. In other words, the focus of Christ was gone. Uh, the the passion to win souls, the evangelistic um, uh, unctioning was not there any longer. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove thy candlestick and out of this place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So he talks about the many good things that they did, but the one failure was they had left their first love. 
Paul said, though I speak of tongue of angels, though I prophesy, though I work in spiritual gifts, he said, if I have not love, he said, it's all but a tinkling symbol. So here we have in the book of Ephesus, beginning around 15, that Paul intercedes, prays with his church. Praise that they don't fail. We're going to find out he's going to pray for wisdom and for knowledge. That they stay grounded on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is the center. He is the focus point. He is the head of the church. We've been talking about that. He, he is the head of the body, which is the church. The ecclesia, the called out ones, the, the appointed ones for a time and for a season. The church is appointed. People choose whether they enter into the church or accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Once you accept him as Lord of your life and you ask him to forgive your sins and you ask him to come into your heart and your life and you repent, then you are a member of his church. Be church, not the denomination, so to speak, but the church which he purchased with his own blood, which he said, upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So we read here in verse 15, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all faith. Faith is the substance or the confidence, it is the evidence, or the proof of things not seen. We call those things that are not as though they were. We believe God, although we don't physically or tangibly have any, something within our hand or see anything. But we believe that God is able to perform that which he said he would do. Paul said, I am persuaded that the work that he hath began in me, he will finish. So your faith is very important. And Paul says, I heard of your faith. It's been talked of your faith and how your faith is in the Lord Jesus and, and, and how you love unto all the saints. Remember, Jesus had some, a lot of good things to say, but they left their first love. But Paul is praying for them. This is a letter that he wrote, and this is one of the prison epistles. He says in verse 16, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, or his intercession. He says in verse 17, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of him. So the word of God says that my people perish for the lack of knowledge. Study to show yourself approved a workman that needeth not to be ashamed often heard preached, and I believe this, that we are not in a sprint or we are in a marathon. He that endures to the end shall be saved. If a man puts his hand to the plow and looks back, he's not worthy to be not to become weary and well-doing. 
So the Holy Ghost wants to equip us. The Word of God is wisdom. The Word of God is revelation. The Word of God is knowledge. Wisdom, knowledge is the discernment to do that which is right. Know what direction to go. Revelation orders our footsteps. The Word of God is revelation. The Word is a lamp unto our feet. So he says, he's praying that God give unto this church the spirit of wisdom. How we need that today. How to discern. So what discerns? The word of God. Well, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts asunder and divides and discerns every spirit. The word of God is the test bench. If, if what men do deviate from the word of God, they're not following commandments of Christ. If you love me, he says, keep my commandments for the word, as I said before, is a guide. The Holy Ghost is our paraclete, the one that comes alongside to help us. The Holy Ghost, as we read the word, is the one that brings revelation to the saint of God. The Bible says, if you hunger and thirst after his righteousness, you shall be filled. There needs to be a hunger for the word of God. So he says, you need wisdom, and I pray that you have the spirit of wisdom, not not men's wisdom, not men's isms and not not uh, that which which men uh, uh, create in their own mind and their own heart, but that which God has given, which is the Word of God. The word the word says that all Scripture was given by inspiration of God, that the man and the woman of God might be well equipped, well equipped, sorry, equipped. And the revelation in the knowledge of him. Okay, verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Wow. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That the eyes of your understanding, that we might see that which can only be discerned spiritually. That you may know what is the hope. Now, the Bible says that hope is an anchor for the soul. When men lose hope, then they lose their will. If men cannot see further, the Bible says that men perish because they have no vision. They can't see no further than the end of their nose spiritually Speaking, see, we need to be able to look down the road, although we don't have in our hand. The Bible says that Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him as righteousness. So hope, First Thessalonians 1, 3, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor and love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father. For the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the hope of glory, the hope of manifestation, the hope of something that is coming, something we don't see today, something we don't experience today. But yet the Bible says there's coming. There's coming a resurrection. There's coming a tribulation period. There's coming a thousand-year reign. There's coming a perfect eternal age. There's coming a time when Jesus Christ will rule from Jerusalem with a rod of iron. That's hope. 
We don't see that today. We don't hear that flashed across the tickers on the bottom of news stations. But we know that the Bible says it's going to happen, and that's our Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, the hope of your salvation, the hope of your healing, the hope of your deliverance. To bring down to a personal level is Jesus Christ and him crucified. He says, and of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saint calling. Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of God, my eyes are powerful, rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Remember, it says the bear that you love and the love you have unto all the saints. There was uh, a no division. The Bible says the house divided won't stand. He says, go and tarry and wait in Jerusalem in the upper room in one mind and one accord until you be endued with power from on high, until, until, until the promise of God. For the promises of God are yea and amen. Although we don't have them, we don't touch them. Yet they are as real as if we already touch them. That's faith. That's faith. Calling those things that are not as though they were. And Abraham, I'll repeat this, Abraham believed God. And it was counted unto him as righteousness. Verse 19. And what is the exceedingly greatness of his power towards us who believe that word again, believe according to the working of his mighty power. In other words, he's able to keep the church. He's able to guide the church. He purchased the church. We need to walk in his wisdom and in his knowledge, exceeding greatness of his power, which is towards us, which is given unto us. Behold, I shall give you power, dunamis, Wait until you be endued with power. This comes from the Holy Ghost. It's God's intention that the church walk in power. And do the mighty works of God. For signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. Are the signs and the wonders for? The signs and the wonders are actually for the unbeliever that they might be drawn. Miracles were worked all through the Old Testament and some of the new, and that doesn't mean that men get saved. Men get saved when they accept Jesus Christ. Miracles don't save people. It's you're accepting Jesus Christ. When you accept him, when you invite him to become Lord of your life. Ephesians 1.20, I'm sorry, yeah, 1.20, which he wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. There's that term again. Heavenly places. We are in Christ. Christ sits in heavenly places. So we are in heavenly places, spiritually speaking. We're not actually there. We're occupying on this earth. We are to occupy until he comes. We are to fulfill the mandate that he's laid before us until he comes. 
We are to, as Paul said, to fight the good fight. We are to press towards the high mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, Wherefore God also have highly exalted him, talking about Christ, and given him a name which is above every name. So who has a name above every name? Jesus. No other name under heaven can a man be saved except it be through the name of Jesus Christ. One mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. For this reason was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. First Peter 3.22, who is going into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Who's Lord? Jesus. Jesus is Lord. And it's a soon coming king. Now, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says this, For the God of this world, little g, has blinded the minds of the people that they might believe a lie, that deception might run rampant, and it is today, because when you believe him, then you open the door for deception, for chaos, for multiple problems. The Bible says, give no place to the devil. Hmm. Beware of the wiles of the devil. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about seeking whom he can destroy and seeking whom he can devour. Now, these words go over the heads of a lot of people. They ignore this, but the fact is, we're going to find out in Ephesians chapter 6 that we are in a spiritual warfare. That we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and wickedness in high places. Ephesians 1.21 That he, Jesus Christ, is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, making him Lord. For all dominion and all power is given unto him in heaven and in earth and things below the earth. Not only in this world is he all powerful, have all dominion. It's not manifested yet. Okay? We're coming to the end of the church age. We're coming to the end of the rebellious age. As Jesus spoke, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Mark 10.30 says, But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. The state of a man. For his life is like a vapor and in eternity. Think about that today. If you've got any age on you whatsoever, you'll know that life goes by very Quickly. I hear the term all the time, where does time go? The Bible says he must redeem the time for the days are evil. So the most important 
asset that we have is our soul. The Bible says, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? Would a man exchange his soul for the things of this world? Ephesians one twenty two. And have put all things under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all the things to the church. Who's the head of the church? Not a preacher. Not a man or a woman. Referred to himself as a bond servant. A doulos, a, a volunteered bond servant. Bible says, humble yourself before God in due time. You'll be exalted. Pride always comes before a fall, a haughty spirit before destruction. This is what the Word of God says. So Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and we will allow him to take his rightful place, and the church will function as he intended the church to function. That's what he says. I will have a church without spot and without wrinkle. Now, wherever men are, when I say men, I mean mankind, there's got to be a certain amount of dysfunction. Amen. So we're not talking about perfect churches. We're talking about a perfect Lord who has a perfect church without spot and without wrinkle. The church's purpose is to preach the gospel, to allow the Holy Spirit to manifest himself with truth and with life, to do all things in decency and in order to go in the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty-seven: For he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. Colossians 2.10, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So we are serving the master. The master calls, come and dine. You can feast at Jesus' table any time. Hmm. Songs about the marriage supper. So we are complete. Paul wrote to Colossians to the, to the Colossians and said, "You are complete in on ourselves, not in our programs." Now, I understand all this programs, and uh, you know we must have a certain amount of government. I understand all that, but the government's by the Holy Ghost. But we are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. It's a short verse, but it's a powerful verse. He is the head of all principality and power. Everything we wrestle against, everything we fight, every everything today that that blasphemes the name of Jesus Christ, every spirit that arises in these last days, Jesus Christ has already defeated that spirit at the cross two thousand years ago, making him the head of all principality and all power. Verse 23, which is his body. Who's the body? The church. Who's the head? Jesus. The fullness of him 
filleth all in all. So the church, allowing the Holy Ghost to operate, can project this life, the quickening spirit, the life. For Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man comes into the Father except it be through me. So we are to be kept and directed by his power and an instrument by which he can do his works on this earth. We are servants. We are bond servants. We are his church. We are the redeemed. We are purchased with a price. In Colossians 3.11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. For the middle wall of partition has been torn down. The call of Jesus Christ is universal. The oracles of God was given unto the Jews. He chose the Jews. Yes, first. They are the apple of his eye. They've never ever been discarded. The church has never taken the Jews' place. I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. And we just got through the book of Revelation, got through with it, and we see the time of Jacob's trouble, which is the seven-year tribulation where God once again will call his people back, and they will, they will receive the Messiah. They shall say, where did you receive those wounds? wounds? And he said, in the house of my friends. which is his body, the fullness of him, that filleth all in all. For the call of God is universal. Neither is there Greek or Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision. All are saved by grace. Not by, not, by, not by ceremony, not by men's statutes and man-made laws, legalism, so to speak, but by the blood of Jesus Christ, by grace and by mercy. For Christ is all and in all. He's everything and he's in everything. Jesus Christ, all things were created by him and for him. And he's coming back. He will have dominion and he will have power. And he will rule on this earth again according to what the word of God says. So while we wait on him, we need to pray. If any man lack wisdom or knowledge, James says, let him seek God. And God will give it to the man, woman, boy, or girl unbridled. In other words, he'll pour, it, pour it, the wisdom and knowledge out on them. Call unto me and I will show you things that you know not. We're in the church age. The church is very important. The church has a function. The church is the only thing that can project the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That can proclaim him who he is and what he is and what he came to do what he's going to come back and do, the person of Jesus Christ. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. If you don't know him today, Romans 10, 9 says, that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God that raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth him shall not be ashamed. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. I just read to you that in Colossians chapter 3, verse 11. No difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Repent of your sins. For all sin to come short of the glory of God. Renounce all evil and make a conscious decision. You're going to turn and go in another direction today. It's what you choose. He's already chosen you. Do you choose him? He died for all at the cross 2,000 years ago. The call is universal. I just read to you, for there's neither Jew nor Greek. It doesn't matter what social status, where you are in life, what your name is, per se, what your last name is, what your race, your creed, your color, all these things doesn't matter. Because Jesus died for every man, woman, boy, and girl, that we might be saved. That we might be born again, born from above. Not a physical thing, but a spiritual thing. That we might be ready to face eternity with Jesus Christ in our heart and in our lives. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today as we've done the best we could. And Lord, you said I won't come back before we're able to do what you sent it to do. We ask you that you bless it today in Jesus' name. Lord, you said in your word that your precious stripes heals. You chastise for our peace of mind and bruise for our iniquities. We ask you today in Jesus' name that you save. Lord, heal those chronic illnesses. Heal those illnesses today. The doctors say, well, you just have to live with it. But heal today in Jesus' name. Strengthen in Jesus' name. And we'll give you honor and praise and glory. Jesus, holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom on Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail.com. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up, for Jesus is coming soon.